Hey everyone, tonight is our text in panel. Um, so we're gonna be answering a few of the questions that y'all submitted um, through our Instagram page. Um, so each and every single one of these questions is a question that someone um, your age asked. And so we're hoping that tonight is a really, um, just really special time where we can hear um, the Lord speak through um, these individuals right here. Um, and so would one of y'all um, just pray real quick um, before we start? Diving in. <laughs> um, Father God, thank you so much for this time that we get to spend with one another. Um, just asking these questions that many of us have on our hearts. And um, God, I thank you for the opportunity um, that we get to meet with you and learn about you um, with our friends. And I pray that you would just give us up on the stage the wisdom and the words um, that you would have to tell our friends. And you would give our friends in the audience um, just the ability to understand, um, open hearts to receive. So we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome. Thank you, Chloe. Um, do y'all want to introduce yourselves real quick? Let's just quickly do that. Sure. I, I mean, no one knows who you are. but It's like, true. Yeah. Um, my name is Jim, and I'm from Florida. State Farm. State Farm. <laughs> also, Jim. no, I'm Travis. Almost. I'm Chloe. Preston. Davon. I was supposed to say also Jim, but I was like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> awesome. And I'm Kieran. Um, so the first question that we have for tonight is, are bad words sins? Well, I'm holding the mic, so I guess I might as well answer the question. Um, <laughs> and feel free to jump in as well. Uh, actually, Chloe had an excellent answer, so I'll let you start out with it, and then I'll jump in with, with more of that. Awesome. So, yeah, this is one that I think most middle school and high school people struggle with because it's in the culture. It's in, um, like, every rap song that you listen to these days. But the way that I think about bad words, rap music, what? Y'all, I'm not with the times. The way that I think about it is... Um, <laughs> So the Bible says that everything that flows, that comes out of your mouth actually flows from the heart. And so your words are actually an indicator of what's going on inside of you. And so um, if we're saying bad words, it probably means that we're struggling with maybe an anger issue, um, a judgmental issue, whatever it is, there's something going on inside of you. Um, and so the word in itself Maybe depending on the culture that you come from, it just depends on how that culture sees it, but what the real sin is is what's going on in your heart. Um, and I would say as well, like a lot of us, even if we don't technically curse every day, we do say bad words every day. Like how the Bible says, um, don't speak a word unless it builds somebody up. Um, but honestly, I say words almost every day that can tear somebody down, um, that's judgmental, that's rude, that's irritable. Um, Davon, stop shaking your head. <laughs> but, Davon, you're the worst. See, bad words. But <laughs> An example right there. Yep. But that, that in itself could be a bad word because it's not kind. It is tearing him down. And so I would just encourage us to think of why am I saying what I'm saying and what is coming from inside of my heart? Um, and that could actually be the real sin, not maybe, maybe not the actual word in itself, if that makes sense. Yeah. That was awesome. 
Um, yeah, mic drop. Um, second question is also really good. Uh, how do I make God a part of my everyday life? Like, what does living it out look like? I know that's something we talk about a lot. We're like, live for Jesus, right? But what does that kind of look like? Maybe unpacked just a little bit more. Um, I, I like to, to say it the way that, um, that Randy says it. It's like the spiritual breathing. Like, um, I know that not every day you want to be, you want to stop and read and pray and things like that. But it's, the more it becomes a habit, becomes something that you do, the more it becomes something that's part of who you are. Um, not doing it to check a box, but doing it because you know that you need it. Like you eat every day because you need it. You, um, I would say brush your teeth every day, but I know that doesn't really happen. So, um, but there's certain things you do every day just because you have to do those things. It's part of what you do in life. Um, and that is one of those things as a believer in Jesus, we realize our lives are um, fully dependent on him. So we need to spend that time in the word. We need to spend that time in prayer to do those things um, so that when we have conversations and hard situations come up, um, the spirit which is um, living within us um, brings back the word of God, which is also alive. Um, those things come to mind and we're able to respond the right way. Um, we're able to hide God's word in our hearts so we won't sin against him and all of those things. Anybody else? Yeah, to piggyback off that. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but also, like, Randy also talks a lot about appropriating the power of the Holy Spirit. And I think that that has been a huge, uh, thanks, um, something really big in my own life that I've tried to incorporate, like, multiple times throughout the day of appropriating the power of the Holy Spirit. And it's just a quick little prayer that I say where it's like, Father, I'm resolved to consider what I know, um, that I'm dead to sin. And because I'm dead to sin, I know that. And that because I'm dead to that, I'm alive through and in you. And um, I now present myself um, to you and surrender that to you. And so, like, I surrender my mouth, my ears, my eyes, my arms, my legs, like, wherever I go, whatever I do, like, I surrender that over to you and let your Holy Spirit lead me. So... Um, yeah. Isn't that, correct me if I'm wrong, isn't that posted in your house, that prayer? Or a, a version of it? Yeah, I have that, like, written out, like, on a little note card in my bathroom. Yeah. And so, like, every morning when I'm actually brushing my teeth every day, you know. <laughs> uh, like, I'm actually looking at that and, like, reading that every morning. So Yeah, I just thought that was cool because I actually noticed that because he'll often have friends over. And so I noticed that that was, like prominent in his household so that he remembers to do that. So that might be an encouragement to y'all, whatever it is that you want your morning prayer to be, uh, to maybe post it so that you get a reminder of that. And you can do it throughout the day too, not just in the morning. Just in the morning. <laughs> well, and, and I really like the way um, a couple of months ago at, at the night of worship that Randy put it, um, he was talking to, um, no, stop calling me. No. Um, he, he was talking about it and he really put it in terms, um, gosh, that just makes it really easy to understand. Um, he was talking to Brian. He was pulling in the parking lot, and Brian, one of our security guys here, uh, was riding this bike. And Randy had heard that Brian had started literally riding his bike to and from work. Uh, and he doesn't, he lives like four or five miles away, and he's doing it every day. And he's like, man, you're riding your bike every day? That is amazing. And Brian said, well, hold on, don't give me too much credit. And they were literally standing next to his bike. 
And he said, you see that little box down there? And there's this little black box next to the chain. And he said, yeah. He goes, well, that's a motor. <laughs> like, whenever I get to a hill that I can't go up, all I have to do is press this button. And it engages this motor, and it allows me to get up the hill. And then Randy said, man, what an awesome example of what it actually looks like to appropriate the power of the Holy Spirit. And ever since he said that, how I use it, and I don't know if this simplifies it at all. Um, I hope it does. That's why I'm saying it. But um, like whenever I'm going to, like if I get in a conversation where lots of people are talking about somebody and I want to engage in that, right? Or if I know that I'm going into a situation where I'm going to be tempted, I literally simply say this, Father God, I need that motor, which is the Holy Spirit. I, there's no way that I can get up this hill. If I try and get up this hill by pedaling under my own power, there's no way I'm going to get up there. I need your motor. And, and honestly, the more that I get in the habit of that, it actually works. It's almost like there really is this thing called the Holy Spirit that's there to help you, right? Like it actually works. So maybe just try it that way too, um, in addition to what Preston said. Father God, I need the motor. There's no way I can get up this hill. So I don't know if that helps, but. Love that. Thanks, guys. Um, next one is very serious. Okay. What is your favorite Muppet character? Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> what? I'll tell. I don't know all the Muppet characters, but, and I don't even know this guy's name, but the, like, kind of scientist guy that always, like, blows stuff up. Beaker. Beaker, yes. That's the one. Nice. That's a good one. No. Um, since Karis asked over there in Elizabeth, uh, my favorite Muppet character, who's seen a Muppet Christmas? You know the bickering mice that are throughout the film? I love them. They're so funny. I don't know what their names are, but they're amazing. Is Elmo a Muppet? <laughs> Why is that so funny? That's Sesame Street. That's a, oh. it's a different company. Well, Sesame the Cookie Street. Monster is not a Muppet also. Oh, Kermit, I guess. Yeah, Kermit. Yeah. <laughs> There's also Miss Piggy. Fozzie. Fozzie or Gonzo. One of those two. How about you, Davon? Um, I watch Fraggle Rock, so. Wembley? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Old, Amen. Old, old, <laughs> Okay. Wow. Anyways. Throwing stones. Oh, was that a kind word? Oh, I see. That was an example of an unkind word. <laughs> From Chloe and I. All right, moving on. Um, next question is, my friend is making bad choices when she's not around her parents, but I don't want to make her angry or tell on her. What should I do? All right, so. What? All right, um, honestly, what I would do in that situation is I would pray. Um, I mean, what a great opportunity to pray for your friend, and instead of you having to either tattletale or tell her that she's doing something wrong, like, pray that the Holy Spirit would convict her of what she's doing is wrong. And if you feel led to, instead of telling her that she's doing something wrong, maybe asking the question, like, you know, why are you doing this? And getting to know the heart behind why they're doing something instead of just telling them that what they're doing is wrong. Because... I don't know, even for me, like, no one enjoys it when someone tells you that you're just doing something wrong. And so I think it's a lot easier. You're wrong. <laughs> wrong. You're wrong. 
Yeah, so pray first for sure, and then just ask your question like why, like what is your heart behind why you're doing this? Yeah, I love that. Anyone else want to add or you good? Okay, sweet. That was awesome. Thanks, Preston. Um, what, in, in a similar uh, pattern, what do I do when my friend and I get into an argument? Get the gloves. <laughs> Take them down. Well, I mean, if they're your friend and you're getting into an argument, I mean, I, I'm, you know, I've been married for 15 years and I've gotten in a few arguments. And so um, one of the reasons I'm still married after 15 years is that you eventually get to a point where you say, I got to start seeking peace in the midst of this. Um, and looking at yourself and saying, okay, where am I wrong in this situation? And it may not be what like the argument, you may not be wrong in the argument, but it might be in the way you're presenting yourself and the way that you are coming back at the person, your heart behind how you are responding to them, you might be wrong. So they might be seeing that and that can and increases everything that's happening. So. Um, so whenever I perform weddings for couples and I've done either six or seven now, um, one thing I always tell them is one of the keys, I think, to a happy marriage is be quick to apologize. It really helps if both of you are quick to apologize, um, but I, even if both of you aren't, it's going to help if one of you is, right? Because honestly, the relationship, what you're arguing about nine times out of ten isn't, it's just not worth it. So there are definitely moments where, like Davon said, even just for peace, I mean, I can be so dead set that I am right and that Sarah is wrong. And just for the sake of peace, I will say, hey, you know what? I'm, I apologize. Like I could have either handled that better. I could have come at that from a different way, whatever that looks like. Um, and then that usually paves the way for reconciliation, right? Because then Sarah will go, you know, yeah, you know what, I'm sorry too, because, and for whatever that reason is, I, I think, and man, that so applies in just your friendships. I would encourage you to be the leader um, in apologizing. A, a friend of mine, Cole Nickel, uh, who used to be the youth pastor over at the Vine, he said this when he was getting ordained, he goes, I want to be the chief repenter in my house. Remember that? Like, it was, I was like, wow, amen, right? Try and be the chief repenter. In other words, the one who's going to repent the most. You're not losing any pride. You're not, you might feel like that, but you're not. You're actually being a servant in that moment um, and valuing the relationship. So that's what I would say. I would also probably add just like, just specifically something that I remember was really difficult when I was in middle school is like just remembering like in Matthew it talks a lot about like direct communication like when we have like an offense with someone I know it's really tempting to go tell your friend and this friend and this friend and this friend and this friend and to be venting but just be careful that you're not slipping into gossiping about that person and just tearing them down I think it's always good uh, Matthew says like if you have that offense to go directly to that person so like praying about it and like like, it's fine to, like, ask wise counsel of, like, a mentor or a parent or D group leader or something like that. Um, but, like, just be careful um, that you're honoring people 
um, when you're going to communicate something that's been hurting you. Um, next one is, how did you know you were called into ministry? Um, I think we're all called into ministry. Boom. Uh, um, like ministry is life and life is ministry, I think. Um, so, yeah. Um, I would say for myself personally, and I totally agree with that, we're all called into ministry, we're all called to go and make disciples as we go along in life. Um, actually, a while ago, I was looking through my journal from when I was like a freshman in college. That was before I knew what in the world I was going to do with myself. Um, and I was just looking at what I was what I was writing down, like what the desires of my heart were, and they were all like, I would love to mentor people I would love to speak into girls lives and if at some point in my life um, I got to do that I think that would be a really fulfilling thing and so here I am now um, getting to lead a discipleship group and getting to be friends with all of you and so I just say that to say lots of times God puts desires in our hearts um, that can kind of help us see um, what it is that he specifically made us for and what it is that he's gifted us in. Um, and so like be in tune with what your desires are, be in tune with what you enjoy, be in tune with what brings you life because a lot of times that's the way that God um, wants to use you to impact the world. Awesome, thank you, Chloe. For the sake of time, we're gonna skip um, the next question and go to this question, which is, does Renee still cheat at everything? This is from Stuart. Who wants to answer that question? <laughs> next question. Next All question. right, next question. Hey, y'all will get to meet Stuart next week. He'll be speaking here on Sunday. Get pumped. It's going to be amazing. He's from Fort Payne, Alabama. Um, so if you don't know him, you will real soon. So get pumped. Um, last question is, I don't really have any Christian friends at school. I'm fine on Sundays, but I feel really lonely the rest of the week. How do I deal with not fitting in? Uh, I know that's tough. Um, I felt that way uh, my junior year in high school. Um, I felt like I was the only believer in my school. I had a lot of friends and things like that, but it was, it was kind of a lonely year. I decided not to um, play football that year. Our youth pastor had left our youth ministry, and so uh, two other friends of mine and I, we basically led our youth ministry for about eight months or so, something like that. And so it felt like a really lonely year for me um, to get through, and I, I leaned a lot on my Christian friends for that time. Um, but one of the things also um, had to take in consideration also is that, you know, I'm a light in my school. And, and so even though it is lonely, it's a hard time. Um, you got to, you know, continue to pray for your friends at school, continue to pray for those in the school that God would raise someone up there that you can become friends with, that you can be a light to. Um, but also there are other Christians in your school, they just might be silent feeling lonely too. So um, be praying for them that God would uh, bring you into contact with them so you guys can work together, you guys can live life together and, and serve the kingdom together. Um, I think that was a perfect answer to that question. And I actually want to go back to that other question that we skipped. Um, the how do I know Christianity is the right religion? If you could go back there, because I just think that of all the questions probably that we're asking, uh, um, I mean, this is the gospel, so I think it's the most important. Um, but 
I would say this, so many people I talk to, when I literally ask them, so why are you a Christian? I usually get these kind of answers. Um, well, I've been raised in a Christian home or, you know, we, we've, we've just come to church every Sunday or, you know, God found me in this moment and, and all of that stuff. And all of that's great, right? And, and man, their heart's coming out. But let me most assured you, assuredly tell you this, there is a right and wrong answer to why are you a Christian, all right? There is only one right answer. There's only one answer that puts every single one of you in this room, us up on this stage, all the leaders in the back, everybody here on Sunday mornings, and it is this, because Jesus rose from the grave, right? Now, that is not just fable. I said this in the servant team meeting a few weeks ago, if, if any of y'all in the room were there. Jesus' resurrection, so important that you hear this, is recorded in seven different nations' written history. It is fact. It is, gospel literally means news that brings joy. It's not a story that brings joy. It's not a myth or a fable that brings joy. It's literal news that brings joy. It factually happened that Jesus rose and then died, then rose again three days later, and it's recorded in seven different nations written history. And Jesus is the only one who's ever done that, who said he was going to do that, predicted his death and his resurrection. And it's, here's, here's why that's so important, y'all. I, I really want y'all to hear this and walk away with this. Only God, the creator of the universe, can change the rules. Every single person in here is going to die. We are all absolutely going to die. Only God could change the rules and say, hey, I'm going to die, and then I'm going to raise again. Hey, y'all can say that as much as you want to. Guess what's not going to happen? You're not going to leave the grave three days later and start walking around. So here's the truth, and it might sound really simple, but man, it's the truth. Until somebody else does that, I'm following that guy who said it was going to happen and then made it happen, right? It, that is the reason that you are all... That's the reason I'm a Christian. That's the reason any of us are Christians. All that touchy-feely stuff, which don't get me wrong, is important. Jesus rose from the grave. It happened. It's a factual story. And that's why we're sitting here up on this stage. Period. I love y'all. Thanks, Chad. Glad we came back to that. That was amazingly concise and awesome. All right, sweet. Can we give our panel a round of applause, please? Thank you guys so much.